another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. Wrong side. <laughs> ben Slowey. And I'm joined uh, tonight uh, by uh, the founder of Roar Philanthropy, uh, an organization that uh, connects nonprofits with volunteers. Um, they've raised uh, since September over $4,000 uh, around Milwaukee. And um, yeah, I've known her since college. Uh, we were in Greek life together, but this is our full, first like full real like interaction together, like just us. And uh, I'm looking forward to talking to her about uh, what she does and why she does it. So Lauren Nelson, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for reaching out and asking me to have a conversation. It's always so weird, like Roar just kind of exploded from who I am. And so it's always weird when people are like, I want to, I want to know what you do. I'm like, yeah. me? Are you talking me? Okay, well, cool. Let's right. sit down and chat. You're like, little old me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I've been looking, I've actually like uh, had you in mind for a while. Um, I just had like a lot of episodes I canceled last year that I had to get to like, um, that I had to like reschedule and like, I'll get, I'll work Lauren in at some point. Cause I, I especially love people I see do it from college doing cool shit um, in the community. So uh, yeah, where I was like, I we haven't had that you know conversation face to face, but I'm like, I know Ben. Yeah, I've right. known him for like four years now. Yeah, right. Yeah, saw you working for uh, Summerfest. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, we, we go way back. <laughs> I know, back before COVID, when we could do things like Summerfest. What a yeah. time! It seems like a dream, doesn't it? Yeah. I know it, it the last year still feels like it's 2019. I know I keep writing dates he um we had a big thing for work happen yesterday and I had someone asked a question about you know when was the last time we did something and I was like oh you know last year I was like you did what and I was like oh no 2018 which was even further away than last year I have no yeah. idea what year is it 25th I have no idea yeah part of it's us getting older part of it's COVID definitely and like how basically the world got put on pause but still kept turning yeah um, it's weird time is weird it's made up it's just yeah, a oh, yeah. human construct of nonsense oh totally social construct it's all part of the plot no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> well lauren to start uh how are you how's your day today it was busy it was crazy busy um some exciting news um I think it'll be announced publicly by the time this episode comes out, but um, if it's not, I won't be specific, but I was um, nominated, interviewed, and accepted onto a board of directors for a national nonprofit. So we had our first meeting tonight, um, big work launch yesterday with the mural at Schlitz, um, and just a crazy busy day, but all good things, you know, it's better than just what my last year looked like, so. Well, congratulations, that's huge. Thank you. It's Thank awesome. You. Yeah, um, that had to be very empowering and like affirming, you know? Yeah, they, it was, um, I met this nonprofit through Roar, actually. I worked with one of their chapters um, on a few fundraisers and we coordinated our own. And through that, that's how I met the um, president, founder, CEO of this national nonprofit. And, you know, stars aligned and opportunities showed up and um, couldn't say no. So it's, it's very exciting. Hell yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, I'm excited to hear more about it um, in a bit. And uh, also, 
Uh, glad you could make time tonight for our little nice guy podcast, right? Yeah, no, this is fun. I was looking forward to this all day. So cheers yeah. to that. Cheers to the ass. Well, yeah, what are you what are you sipping on tonight? Oh, I have, let's see, I have um, the Good and Gather brand, which you can find at Target. I have their mint tea. It is caffeine free for this time of evening. Right, dope. Um, so what do you, you got know, over there? I'm drinking Ham's beer, you know, uh, Land of the Sky Blue Water. It's my uh, beer of choice. Um, I just bought a box of tea this past week because I didn't, I like thought about it. I'm like, holy shit, I haven't had <laughs> like a year. I like kind of started drinking tea a little bit for a bit, but then fell off, I guess. But now I'm like, man, I, I really should be drinking more tea. Like, especially because like, you know, I get kind of worn out and tired at night. Like, I don't know, tea, I feel like is would be a good light pick me up for the evening, especially yeah. when, like edit and get work done. So yeah, it's definitely a newer thing for me. I have, I think, about four different blends that I try, and most of it's caffeine-free because, again, it's a nice way to wind down the evening, but it's also was recommended by my doctor, so I'm like, sure. I physically don't feel anything after I drink tea, like minty tea. I'm like, wow, my breath is kind of fresh, but other than that, I don't really, like, feel, Yeah. But apparently it's good for the body, so whatever's okay. good for the body is good for me, I guess. It's wholesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's like a sip of home, right? Right, and after a year being alone, this was like the only hug I had for, for <laughs> yeah. a few months. So I'll I'll take it. it. In the Woman of the Year mug, of course. In the yes, uh, thanks to one of my very good friends, Rachel Fisher. She also went to UW Milwaukee. She uh, gifted me this last year, so I use it almost every day. Love it, hell yeah. Um, speaking of mugs, uh, actually, um, you know how. You know, Danielle Burroughs like makes mugs oh. now. Well, first of all, Danielle Burroughs, one of the best humans in the planet, but she makes some stellar stuff. Yeah. Shout out to Danielle Eucalyptus Co. Mm -hmm. uh, I saw that she was making mugs and I actually got one for my mom uh, for Christmas. I oh, got for one for my sister. With the kitties? Yeah, I got my sister's new puppy on it. Oh, cute. Hell yeah. I, I love that. I got our cat Charlotte on it. Oh, I love that. Yeah, uh, she loved it a lot. So yeah, that's very, very beautiful and thoughtful uh, gift idea. So yeah, big shout out to Danielle. Um, so Lauren, what we talked about in Mr. Nice Guy, we talked love and fear, passion and creativity. And I've so- all those things, so that's yeah. great. You're in the right place. I'm right here, here we go. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Lauren, we like met, we kind of knew each other in passing uh, in college. You were in the Capital sorority. I was in the Alpha Epsilon Pi fraternity. So I like knew of you for a while, but then like after college, um, I like saw you, you started kind of doing this, um, you know, you started speaking out more on, on social media about things you were passionate about. And, you know, I eventually I noticed, wow, like you kind of started this like charity thing, uh, Roar Philanthropy. And um, in the past year, you know, I've seen it's been growing, it's been prospering, and uh, it's been connecting people with, you know, some of the, some of the most important social justice and nonprofit organizations in the city, um, which I'm excited. We'll, we'll go through all of them for sure. <laughs> but I just, you know, I, I think, uh, 
your integrity and, and dignity is, is fucking awesome. So oh, thank you. You're so kind. Thank you. You're, you're welcome, Lauren. Um, but before we talk about all that and the organization and everything, let's take it back a bit. So, uh, Lauren, where did you grow up? Where are you originally from? I am originally from Milton, Wisconsin, not to be confused with Middleton. It is Milton. So it's near Janesville, Wisconsin. So I, I was actually born in Janesville, went to grade school in Janesville, made the huge move about four miles up the road to Milton. Um, and that's where I graduated from. And then uh, after graduation, I started my college career, career at Whitewater. Um, some things happened in my life, made some changes, kind of figured out who I was. And then the morning of my sister's graduation, I was done with um, school at UW Rock County. I had went there to pick up my GPA, get my associates. And uh, one day my advisor was like, well, you're done. I was like, what do you mean I'm done? And she was like, well, you've taken all the courses here. And I was like, I still don't know what I wanna do with my life. Like I'm living at home, I'm working a retail job. I just felt so insignificant. And it was the morning of my sister's high school graduation. Um, we're three years apart, so three years after mine, and I woke up and I applied to UW-Milwaukee from my phone that morning before her graduation. I was like, I need something else. I need something more in life. This isn't going to do it for me. Um, I wrote a super raw essay about, you know, what happened at Whitewater, um, what I wanted with life, and a few weeks later I was accepted. I moved to UW-Milwaukee in 2016. Again, time doesn't make sense, so I think that's the right timeline, 2016. Um, and now I consider Milwaukee my hometown. Like this is the place where I found myself, grew into myself, um, found out what was important to me and really became Lauren. So Milwaukee is now my hometown. So when people ask, I'm like, yeah, I was born there, but Milwaukee is where I now am from. Yeah, no, I feel that. I, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago and part of me will always like feel home there for sure. But like now it's, it's Milwaukee like all day, you know, mm -hmm. you love it for all of its beauties, but also the, the not so beautiful parts, like, because you want to see every part of the city strive for wonderful things and bring wonderful yeah. things anywhere, you know, and yeah, not just, so not, weird. not just the, the, the wealthy parts, you know, like right. it's Milwaukee's a fucking gold mine. And it, it truly is. And trying to explain that to someone who's not here, like when, um, you know, I was, my mom wanted me to move home or move to the Madison area. And I just, you can't explain it. Like there's no other city like Milwaukee, the way that our people rally together to support our, our people and the way that um, communities come together in this city is unlike anything I have ever seen, witnessed, have been lucky enough to be a part of and trying to explain those feelings and the way that our city does that to others who don't live here or maybe have just been to the public market one time for lunch before passing through to for a Packer game or something it's just so hard to explain oh, do you want to go get tacos at Bel Air Cantina right or oh my gosh oh where was the um uh, do you want to go get food at TGI Fridays at Miller Park I love that restaurant it's my favorite Milwaukee restaurant it's like what are you talking about? Like what? Or there's literally um, a TGI. There's literally a TGI Fridays everywhere like, in every suburban city. Yeah. yeah, but I love when people are like, Milwaukee is so hard to navigate, and I'm like, I could get around this city with my eyes closed now. Like oh this God. is, it's easy. I love it. I love all the places I know. All the places I wow. know that other people don't. It's 
if you beautiful. if you have trouble navigating walk, like I can't even imagine how you'll get around in Chicago. Right? Like, or anywhere else. You can get across Milwaukee in 10, 15 minutes. Like yeah, I walk everywhere because yeah, it's just so same. accessible. Same. Yeah. Like I and that's what I love about it. It's like that small city vibe, you know, you'll like you'll like it's nice because it's like you still always have the opportunity to like meet new people and mm -hmm. find new opportunities and stuff but also like you have like your niche you find your niche pretty easily I feel like it's very accessible I think part of the the, the big thing for a lot of people is to kind of break out of like the insularness of like the east side like yeah. the east side's definitely kind of a bubble you know like I didn't even really get out much of the east side when when I was still in college. I live in River West now, but um, definitely like going to the music scene and also like community organizing got me out in a lot of different parts of the city and like every part of it, like you know, is is really worth like exploring and embracing. And it's like, there's, there's so much more to see, you know what I mean? Every day, every day there's something new. I can't keep up with it. It's like, sometimes it's overwhelming how full our city is of just new things, opportunities, the restaurants, the things to like, the people, the things to do. It's beautifully overwhelming is how I would describe it. Yeah, I, I like that. That's a good uh, way to phrase it. Um, where are you located now? <laughs> I am right down by the Northwestern Mutual building by the Astor Hotel. So I found myself- I work at the Astor. Oh, so you're, you're my neighbor then. I live in, uh, well, I won't say it like on a podcast, but you know, that's the area I live in. So sure. um, by, by uh, my backyard. By Fairgrounds Coffee and Tea. <laughs> yes, yes. My mom got me a gift card for there for Christmas. Oh, cute. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a wedding server there. So Lauren, uh, so you came to Milwaukee in 2016 for UWM. Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear kind of like, um, you know, how you got situated. So did you, did you join the, the sorority like right away? Um, did I? No, I waited a semester. No. Yes, because I came in um, the spring semester of 2016. So um I lived in the dorms, I was 23, and I lived with two 18 year olds. And let me tell you, not the greatest time. So I wouldn't recommend it, but it was the only way I could come to white or come to Milwaukee, where it was like my parents, I didn't have enough, I didn't have a job that would pay for rent. So the dorms were, you know, included in FAFSA. So that's where I went. Um, I joined the American Marketing Association, didn't quite fit in, but it was something that, to do. I got to go to, you know, New Orleans and do the marketing conference thing so that was cool um but i didn't really find my people until that following fall when i joined capital rushed um i became the philanthropy like little chair like there's different tiers but i was like in the philanthropy chair i've always been a huge part of make-a-wish and everything um mm -hmm. and then i found my group of girls and they helped me through a terrible breakup. I um, got rid of someone incredibly toxic. I took care of myself. And that's really when everything kind of fell into place is um, I got a job at Summerfest that summer. Um, the next fall, I was in a, um, I had a brand new internship downtown. We were working with like Milwaukee downtown, the um, little home show that they do over at the Wisconsin 
state fair center thing. So I was working on big projects in the city. I was working for Summerfest. I had my girls. I had, you know, I was going out. It was the best. I was writing for a national magazine. And that's kind of when I figured out what I wanted to do in life. So I changed my major, I think it's six times. Um, I wanted to go to school for journalism right away in high school. But in 2011, when you were considering what you wanted to do with life, everyone was like, that's a dying industry. No one reads newspapers anymore. That's what they told going to me journalism. Too. That's what they told me too. I still did it. But yeah, they said like broadcast is so dead. There's nothing happening. Like, Look at you now. <laughs> hey, I'm still broke, but at least I'm having fun, right? Hey, me too. I live in a studio apartment with my cat. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I'm right there with you, but we're doing what we love. And yeah. that's really all that matters. I'd rather do that than work corporate and be miserable. Oh, 100%. I, I went um, everywhere from marketing to psychology to health and human performance, which is the um, less sophisticated version of kinesiology at UW-Whitewater. Then I did accounting at UW-Rock County and then um, came to UW-Milwaukee and was like, you know what? I'm going to do journalism ad and PR. This is what I want to do with my life. I'm just gonna do, yeah, jams, good old jams. Um, so weird to say, I always think of like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches whenever I say jam student. And now my cat's name is Strawberry Jam. Um, Cute. Anyway, so became a jam student. Um, in 2017, I did a Make-A-Wish fundraiser. Um, I reconnected with my Make-A-Wish history after years of not acknowledging that I was a cancer survivor. Um, and did a little online fundraiser. My hometown published an article about it. And that fundraiser, the goal was to raise $220 in honor of my um, 22nd birthday. So, it was, you know, it felt really high at the time, but, it, you know, it, the fundraiser did over $1,000. So then the next year for my 23rd birthday in 20, I'm sorry, that was 2016, 2017 was my 23rd birthday. And so in Leslie Note fashion, a month before my birthday, I was like, you know what, I want to do an in-person fundraiser. I have no idea how to do this, but I'm going to do it. So I reached out to one of my dad's friends that I've known my entire life. Um, he owns a bar in my hometown. And I was like, would you be interested in hosting a Makerish fundraiser? He said, yes. Um, everything really fell into place from there. We had a silent auction, a meat raffle. If nobody knows what that is, it's where a grocery store donates a bunch of meat and you pick numbers and you buy tickets and stuff. It's a very Wisconsin thing. I have come to find out. It's very Wisconsin. <laughs> it's very like Western Wisconsin. I even get on meetings with people from Wisconsin and fundraising. And they're like, what is a meat raffle? We did a fundraiser. Um, we got media. We, My mom and I, we did all of the marketing ourselves, social media, grassroots. And my goal for that fundraiser was to do $2,300, you know, up the game a little bit. Um, and that ended up raising $7,000. And so that's kind of when it clicked into place where I'm like, oh, this journalism PR stuff, like this is actually kind of working let's go with it. And so from there on out, it's philanthropy has been kind of at the core of everything I do. So yeah, amazing. Um, and so did you graduate with jams? I did. I think, I mean, I did. I walked the stage and I was told that I graduated, but I never got my diploma in the mail. So I really should contact them and make sure. Well, that's rude. I know, but I had moved. I had just moved. So I think that was it. But yeah, I know. I'm like, please give me that piece of paper that I paid a lot of money for. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Um, Lazy to email them. Oh yeah. Well, 
I don't blame you. It's <laughs> a hassle. Um, so, and when when was uh, graduation for you? Uh, 2018, May of 2018. So coming up oh, on sure. three years. Cool. Yeah, we graduated at the same time. How would you like pick up the pieces? Because I had a really hard time like with finding direction like post graduation. Like it was uh, it was months of applying for jobs that I didn't even want. It was just sort of like, oh, I have to get my life started. You know, I can't just work at Starbucks like for the rest of my life. And um, I, it was really hard. I, I was in like sort of no man's land for like seven or eight months after graduation. Like how did you kind of find your way uh, beyond school? Yeah, so I was incredibly blessed um, with an opportunity. So I worked for Summerfest in 2017 and 2018 and in 20, oh my gosh, years. Anyway, one of them, um, I was like a lead. And so uh, at this event called Pet Fest, so our Summerfest boss in the marketing department was like, hey, Pet Fest is a giant festival on the Summerfest grounds. It happens in September. My friend Lauren is the producer of it. Do you want any extra cash? Let me know if you want to work. And I was like, cool. I, it was senior year. Uh, so it was 2017. So it was senior year of college. I had no job yet. My internship had just ended. So I'm like, cool, I'll work for $15 an hour at a dog event at Summerfest. So I worked, um, I was placed as a lead. I had never met anybody from the dog food company that put on the festival, but somehow they, they were like, well, you work for Summerfest, so you can be a lead of this area. So I took the job very seriously um, and really impressed the producer of the event. And so then the following year, she asked me if I wanted on like a, not really an internship because I was paid for it, but to join the marketing team at the dog food company um, and help her produce Pet Fest in 2018. So I thankfully was hired before graduation. Um, I worked at From Family Foods, which is the dog food company up in Mequon, Wisconsin. And um, there my job was uh, coordinating this huge event that happened one day on the Summerfest grounds. So recruiting sponsorships. Um, we had a nonprofit area called Adoption Avenue. So animal related nonprofits could come they could bring adoptable dogs, they could bring, you know, pamphlets for their stuff. I worked on filling the marketplace. So all sorts of like dog and cat themed vendors came. And that year, um, it was the most successful pet fest they've ever had. They had the most amount of vendors, most amount of people in Adoption Avenue. Um, they expanded the footprint. And after that, they asked me if I wanted a full-time job. And I said, yes. So I worked for them for another pet fest and then left them for the job I have now last February, three weeks before the pandemic started. Wow. Damn. Well, yeah. Yeah. So for you. I, I knew that, you, I knew that dogs are a big thing for you. I knew you really like dogs. So. Yeah. I have my dog, my old dog growing up tattooed on my arm. So yeah, they're just uh, kind of important. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Um, yeah. Uh, are you familiar with uh, MK Puppy Pal by any chance? No, that doesn't sound familiar. Oh, I um, uh, I interviewed the lady behind it, Justine, recently. Um, but uh, she basically like trains dogs that have like social anxiety and like se separation oh, anxiety. Oh, I love that! It's so needed. Like people don't realize that dogs are just like people that. They don't just automatically have social skills. They don't automatically love people. And so I hate when people are like, my dog doesn't like other dogs. And I'm like, 
well, that's fine. They don't have to. Do you like all people? Because I don't. Like, you gotta, right, be, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, it's a dog is like a human. They don't like everyone. I mean, yeah, you have some of them that are just like, you know, wiggle butts and love people, but. And that love is what drives you to cater to their needs, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So that's great that she does that. I think more, I think that's, you know. Yeah. And so where, where are you uh, currently working now? So right now I am the tenant experience coordinator, which is a fancy way of saying like events, community relations, digital marketing, social media coordinator for Schlitz Park um, right downtown. So the old Schlitz Brewing Complex that they turned into an office park is now is now where I work. And it's honestly a dream job. Like I get to meet amazing people in our city. I get to work on such big projects. Um, I get to do events. You know, this year, last year was crazy trying to learn my job digitally figure out how to do virtual events, what people wanted. Um, but this year I'm very excited. We're opening up a new restaurant. We're opening up, um, you know, we'll have kayaks that you can rent on the river walk this summer. Oh, cool. So it's about, it's about to be a really, really great time. I love a, I love a kayak on the river. Uh, oh, it's just beautiful. And Milwaukee Kayak Company does it. So yeah. everyone's in good hands over there. Oh yeah. Yeah, most definitely. That is, that's an iconic thing to do uh, downtown for sure. Um, I'm kind of interested, like, where you sort of found the, the, the capacity, like, working. You, you had to have, like, set time aside to have founded Roar in this window of time. So I guess I'll uh, give the floor to you to, like, really explain just how it all came to be. Yeah, so... Um... It really, have you seen WandaVision? Have you jumped on the WandaVision bandwagon yet? Uh, no, actually. Okay. It's the new, it's on Disney Plus, the new Marvel show, Avengers. Anyway, so um, Roar really came from a pit of pain. I, uh, this last year, 2020 was probably, you know, outside of any other trauma I've had, was probably one of the hardest years of my adult life. Um, I was seeing someone for about two years. Uh, I quit my job at the dog food company. We were gonna move to Michigan together. Um, his company called up in December of 2019 and was like, hey, you either can move to Boston or not have a job. So we moved to Boston. We ended up um, separating, which really tore me to shreds. Um, and then COVID happened. So that was, uh, uh, you know, I would never wish going through a breakup during a pandemic on anyone. Um, the emotional, you know, being isolated with your own thoughts, literally 24 hours a day, being attached to a screen, it was just, you know, everyone went through stuff last year, but that was, that was hard. Um, and then in the, uh, July, end of June, beginning of July, I had a follow-up doctor's appointment for my one kidney um, when I was seven or six, when I was six, I was diagnosed with a kidney cancer called Wilms tumor. And so they took out my kidney um, and I've been running on one ever since 2000. And so this year I had a follow-up checkup. Every other checkup I've ever had has been fine. And this one, my kidney levels um, just were messed up. And so basically my kidney decreased in function. And so then I had to even isolate even more than I already had because my doctor was like, you know, you can't go outside. This was when COVID was attacking the kidneys of young people. So we didn't know what was happening. If I got it, I would have needed, you know, a transplant, whatever. So in July, when everyone else was thinking that COVID was over and um, all the civil unrest was going on and I couldn't join, I had been a part of a few of the um, Black Lives Matter marches and movements um, in June and it just, 
killed me that I had to sit and do nothing. Um, I had to cancel all my volunteer opportunities that I was about to do in the summer and just so much pain I felt. Um, I work really closely with Make-A-Wish and so there were, there were Make-A-Wish kids dying who didn't even get their wishes because they couldn't travel. Um, they couldn't do their wishes. And so I had this intense survivor's guilt creep up. Um, I had the severe PTSD of childhood cancer memories that I didn't even knew I had. And so um, I also, I actually reached out to you one day and asked you where you went when you um, were, you know. I remember, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I uh, had a, a suicidal um, episode during all of this. Um, but you reached out. Yeah, it helped it. Thank you for being there and for one being open about it. So I felt that I could ask you because I literally hadn't, I had no idea what to do. Um, I felt so disconnected from my family. I felt so disconnected from everything that I just, I just didn't want to be here. It felt easier to just not exist. So thank you for providing those resources. Um, and from that pit, I'm getting like hot and goosebumpy at the same time thinking about it. Um, and I am too. And it's hard. Um, and from that pit of just nothingness, that survivor's guilt kind of like switched something in me after talking to the hotline counselors and reaching out and being like, well, you're here for a reason. Like you have survivor's guilt, but you survive for a reason. Like you're here. And so from that reason, it was like, okay, well, I need to do something with it. Um, I had a friend that I met in the hospital. Her name was Christina and she was my next door neighbor um, in the hospital. And she was the first person I ever met that was bald. I actually thought she was a boy when I first met her. And she kind of like took me under her wing when I was in the hospital. And she was like my best friend. We emailed back and forth when, you know, you emailed through your mom's email addresses and stuff. Um, and we were supposed to, you know, get together after she got out of the hospital. But unfortunately she died. And um, that guilt really ate me up during the summer. It was like, well, what would, you know, Christina, she could have had such a better life than this, like, you know. And so that's when I was like, you know what, I'm gonna do this for Christina. I'm gonna do this for the Make-A-Wish kids that didn't get to be inspired by their Make-A-Wish and their trip. I'm gonna do this for others. And so from that moment, um, even though, you know, I was working full-time, like I would turn off my laptop for full-time work and I would work until midnight on Roar. Like it was just such, Roar was how I pulled myself out and it gave me purpose in life. It gave me a reason to connect with people. It gave me a network of like-minded people. That was also a struggle for me where it was, you know, I had people around, but no one understood my empathy or my passion to help others. So finding those people in the Milwaukee community really pulled me out. And that's how I found my my best self, I guess. So that's how Roar was made. It just kind of exploded out of me and it was there when I needed it. I'm really glad that it was. <clears throat> um, I'm glad you're through all of your trials and tribulations and scares. I'm glad you're still here, Lauren. Um, you. you as well. Glad we're cheers to that. Cheers to that, yeah. We have a lot to cheers to tonight. Oh, yeah, right. The way that, like, our brain like can respond to trauma, especially if like we're really good at prying mm -hmm. and finding loopholes with like closure mechanisms. You think a lot about like, was what I went through really that bad or am I just right. self, you know, and or like, was that my fault? 
did I really deserve this? Like, did I deserve to like get here, get this far? Um, and those are really, really, really painful, painful thoughts. They are, because they're not coming from anybody else but you. And it's trying to explain that to someone who doesn't have anxiety or depression or hasn't really experienced trauma. You know, everyone goes through things and um, I'm not to say like if it wasn't hard or not, but for, you know, some people experience more in life. And I, it's just so hard when people are like, you'll get through it. You know, the only way through is through. And it's like, but you don't understand what it's like to be in here. Like, cool, I can do as many things. I'm, right, right. So, but that imposter syndrome goes hand in hand. I actually was talking to my therapist the other day. Um, so throughout the month of March, I kind of took a break from Roar and I rediscovered things that I enjoyed, like watching mo you know, movies and doing things for myself. Because for the longest time, you know, Roar came out of a place of pain and purpose. And it also gave me a reason you know, to do things, but now it's coming to the point where it's like, okay, but you don't have to do that to exist. Like I, I exist and I am fine just the way I am, even if I don't work extra hard for someone else today. Like I don't, I'm not giving it all up, but today I don't have to do everything to exist. And it's kind of like justifying like, well, I survived. So therefore I have to do all this extra work to validate my existence here. Like I have to do all this extra work because I was a childhood cancer survivor, I'm not allowed to be here unless I make up for that some other way. Right, and, and, so, and invalidating your your trauma and your perseverance through that, yeah, absolutely. Like I was telling, I hate social media. I mean, yeah, I like to post, but like, I hate the nature of it. And imposter syndrome, it's just so easy to be like, I'm not good enough, even though I just spent all day working on X, Y, Z. The productivity complex that gets perpetuated by, you know, just the hyper competitiveness of capitalism and just a climate that we exist in of like, you're only worth your out, like the output, mm -hmm. you know, you're only, you're only worth like what you, your labor output that you can contribute to society. Like, isn't it just so fucked up that we're so wired to think that way? I just, I, we probably have seen the same post where it's like, let's normalize not working 12 hour days and seven hour weeks and burning ourselves out. And I'm like, what is that? Right. Well, that, I've I'm not, yeah. Or um, older generations. Like I know, um, you know, I love my, my dad a lot and he has sacrificed a lot for our family, but I wish I could tell him like, you don't have to, like when I go home to visit, he's always, you know, tinkering in a shop. He's, you know, getting something ready to ship out. Um, he does, uh, he fixes up stair lifts on the side um, in addition to working at the post office. And he also sure. sells stuff on, he, like he has so many little side gigs. And so I'll go home and I'll be like, oh, what are you doing, you know, today? And he's like, oh, I got to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, you don't have to, like, you don't have to, I mean, cool for money, but like, you don't have to work like can we normalize and so i feel like even generations above us they look down on us when we take breaks and it's just so ingrained into our, our heads that you're not allowed to take a break if you're taking a break you're lazy and not doing right that. it like yeah i and i've been told that too like oh like you're not gonna get a second job oh well you're yeah. you're entitled capitalism got poor people hating poor people like, <laughs> i know i know i it's, it's, 
it's truly ridiculous. And I think that kind of ties into the social justice stuff where it's so heavy and it's so difficult to be around people that don't get it. And it's just, I don't know. It's just exhausting. It's exhausting to exist as a human today. I mean, it's always been exhausting. Gosh, I can't even like being a woman or a person of color, like sucks now. But even like 10 years ago, I just, it's always been bad, but it's just always exhausting. We're a lot more conscious of it now because of the internet and of social media. Like that's the thing. Like it's always been there, but now it's just so amplified from what we see, like how fast information travels via social media. Like Mm -hmm. we see the oppression right in front of our own eyes. Um, And we see the brutality, you know, we see the atrocities, we, we see the injustices. It, it, it's up to us to like reclaim that and take those things back in yeah. our own hands and like organize. So that's a great segue into, so Roar began what, so I, I take it, it started kind of like mid to late summer last year then? Yeah, so July was, so I, I registered as an LLC. So I was like, well, if we're gonna do this, we're gonna be legit. So I registered as an LLC in July um, and spent July and August kind of planning and how it started and how I, I still want it to go this way, but it just takes a lot of work and time um, is a volunteer match program. So a lot of the feedback that I had from people when having the idea to start a nonprofit was that they want to get involved, but a lot of people aren't like me where they've been a part of a nonprofit their entire lives. Um, and they're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know who to contact. When I do get involved, it's like a one-time thing. Nobody ever reaches out. So I was like, oh, well, I have all these connections and all of these different nonprofits that have such different missions, such different ways to get involved that I can be like a matchmaker. And at this time I had gotten so sick of dating apps where I'm like, why don't I create like a dating app sort of thing where people can get matched with something that will actually help other people instead of sitting there spending their time swiping on you know wasting time that hoping way for a shot. Yeah. hoping for like they could be matching with nonprofits and so um right now it's in a very basic form I really sidetracked myself into more of the fundraising realm where i really need to refocus and be like okay the volunteer survey that's what our purpose is but the fundraising is more fun like creating google surveys is not my thing so I'm like, Lauren, you're the one that gave yourself that project. Like you, you're the one that came up with the idea. So just go do it. But um, so I would love to be able to eventually just match everyone in Milwaukee with nonprofits that they care about with missions that align with their life, opportunities that fit into their lifestyle. Cause that's another reason like why people don't volunteer is because the hours are funky. They can't find anything that fits in their schedule reoccurring. Um, they can't get a hold of the person. And so being that like liaison between volunteer and nonprofit. So the nonprofit knows that they're getting valuable and reliable volunteers, but also for the volunteer knowing that, you know, they're connected to the mission and that I feel like when you walk away from a volunteer experience, a lot of times you don't see the immediate impact. You don't, you know, you don't see what you're doing. And so you feel disconnected. So I really just want to bridge that gap of you know, even if you do something very simple, it still is making a ripple effect impact somewhere down the line of that nonprofit. Like in a nonprofit, any work is huge work. Like there's no such thing as a small task. And that's kind of 
why Roar was created and just trying to figure out the messaging and all of the things that are involved. It's just been, it's been a great wild ride, but it's been, um, like I described to Milwaukee earlier, overwhelmingly beautiful. Beautiful. Well, yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. Uh, yeah, you, like, you hit the nail on the head, <clears throat> you know, any impact you make, even if it helps one person, makes it worth it and mm -hmm. makes it, makes it wholesome. It, it, it makes it, you know, that that's love, you know, like right. that's, that's what that's, humanity is about. Right. Like, like it's, that's the connection. And I feel like people in today's world, like we talked about just now, like capitalism and burning yourself out, like that's not what humanity is. Humanity is connecting and love and being genuine and being kind and helping other people. Yeah. And so I feel like that's kind of collectivism. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, Where nobody really knows anymore. Yeah. It's just like you said, the ripple impact, you know, it's like if one person is volunteering and like, you know, they, you know, have a bunch of time or they don't even have to have that much time, you know, like quality over quantity in this instance, that person that they helped will never, never forget that experience or right. it could have even saved their life if, if we're being real, like depending on you know what what the organization is what the need is like it's and that's been the craziest part to see with roar is um so for world kindness day i think it was november november or december it kind of crept up on me so i put together a last minute virtual card making activity for um make-a-wish and so i got a, a few people together some roar volunteers um someone from even massachusetts joined our uh, virtual call. And so we just made cards. I put together a little Pinterest board of ideas. We made virtual cards. Um, so it's something as easy as that to then I work with big brothers, big sisters, and we're trying to figure out, you know, how can I expand their matching, their matching program. And so something as simple as making a card to finding a big brother for someone in need in our community to change, to help change his life. It's the, the impact you can make really depends on what you want to do. And I feel like people kind of forget that where they feel like volunteering is I'm going to go build a house for Habitat for Humanity, which yes, that's needed. And it's a very important cause, but that's not all you can do. Like, it's not it. And I feel like um, people kind of lose that mission, especially here in Milwaukee. We have some bigger um, nonprofits like Habitat for Humanity, the Ronald McDonald House, you know, Make-A-Wish is a household name where it kind of not drowns out the other nonprofits, but they're not as um, well known. So they might have more opportunities, but you just don't know how to find them because they're right. not you you know, flashing on the TV all the time. Right, right, right. Yeah, like I've known to make a wish since I was in kindergarten. You know, we had like somebody, a lady in like a fairy costume um, come and like introduce like what make a wish is all about. And like we did like a the school like would do fundraisers for them and whatnot but but in terms of uh your partners now like you know you're you're talking to you're you've got teens go teens grow greens yeah awesome Isn't that mission so cool like i when i discovered so that they were actually one of the nonprofits i met through my full-time job i can't even remember how um eric kennedy from aurora healthcare introduced me to um charlie uline the CEO and founder of Teens Grows Greens. And they have a lot of volunteer opportunities where you can actually garden with the teens in the summer. 
And I was so excited to do that. And that was one of the opportunities last summer that I had to email and say, unfortunately, I can't leave my house. Uh, I'm, I'm so sorry that I, I won't be able to volunteer, but their, their nonprofit is so unique and so cool that they take teens from the North and South side and they teach them like life skills and how to run a business through growing food that they then give back to the community. Like the concept is just so freaking cool that, but I never would have known about it. I've never heard of it. And I considered myself one to be very tapped in to the philanthropic network here before that. And I'm like, how have I not heard of this? So if I hadn't heard of this, no, like probably nobody's heard of this in my network because I'm the one who volunteers all the time in my group. So it was kind of figuring out like, how do I share this? How do I share all of these cool nonprofits with other people and get them involved? Definitely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm actually going to pull up your website uh, so we can talk more about. Uh, yeah, yeah, please do. Partner. I just updated parts of it, but that's another thing where I'm like, I'm going to make a website. I'm like, oh, crap, I got to be the one to update it and do all the things. So that's the one thing where I'm like, oh, I love being my, you know, quote unquote CEO or whatever. But I'm like, oh, crap, I just wish I had someone to delegate work to. I want an intern, but I'm a firm believer in paying people. So I, I, as much as I would like help, I can't bring someone on unpaid. Like I just wouldn't feel right with that. So oh, I, I very, 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 very much respect your <laughs> perspective on that. Um, yeah, I, it can be a lot of work too, but then one can argue like you could come to your workplace and be like, Hey, I have this passion project where I'm helping people in the community. Do you mind like maybe, um, uh, you know, giving me a pay raise, but maybe like cutting some hours so that like, I'm still making enough right. money, but I can devote time to my business, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, but, I know. I really just wish, you know, some person on Lake Drive would just be like, you know what? I just want to give you a million dollars because I feel like it. And I think you're doing great. Yeah, yeah, right. I just and by invest, I just want to give you money. Like I don't need a ROI. I don't need nothing. I just want to give you money, but it hasn't happened yet. So yeah, you know, we, we need uh, some sugar mommies and daddies up in here. I did consider it for like a. There was a brief minute where I was like, hmm, and then I sn- I was like, nope, nope, nope. That I've, I've kind of it's crossed my image. thought too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like if it got leaked that that's how uh, I was being funded, I don't think it would end well for me. But if it was, it's 100% valid. You know, in the right. same way how, hey, sex work is real work. So 100%. it is. So 100%. is the sugar mommy, sugar daddy thing. Like, if someone wants a picture of my foot, sure, send it. Over. Right. Yeah. Send it yeah. over. <laughs> I know. I one of my friends made 40 bucks doing that the other day. So. Oh my gosh. Well. Good for them. Seriously, I might reconsider. Right. So uh, tell me about Golden Retriever Rescue of Wisconsin. Oh my gosh. So those, so the Golden Retriever Rescue of Wisconsin, um, they were actually one of the first nonprofits on board with Roar. Um, I connected with them when I worked at PetFest. So they were one of the nonprofits that was in our little nonprofit area. Um, and I love golden retrievers. I think I've taken about 15 different BuzzFeed quizzes each time when it's like, what the breed of dog would you be? Or what dog would you die and come back as? Every time I get golden retriever, every time. And so I love them. 
very much. And they are a um, nonprofit based out of Wisconsin and they're all over the place. So they foster golden retrievers, they rehab them, they teach owners responsible dog owning. Um, they have lots of different fundraisers throughout Milwaukee, the greater Milwaukee area, Green Bay, and um, they solely focus on golden retrievers and golden retriever mixed breeds. So uh, it's great because they are very specific. And a lot of people, you know, at first I was like, oh, what about all the other dogs? And it's like, no, there are, you know, golden retrievers do have a lot of health issues, behavioral issues, and they know exactly how to handle them and rehab um, a golden retriever breed, mixed breed to find a family. So I thought that was really cool. I never really thought about um, where I grew up in Janesville, Milton area, there was the Humane Society, there was a place called Noah's Ark, and it was like all things like birds and rabbits and dogs and cats and everything. So coming to Milwaukee and learning like, oh, there are breed specific rescues, that's actually kind of smart because then they know how to handle that certain breed and everything. So they're yeah. one of my, every community partner is my favorite, but the perks of working with the Golden Retriever Rescue is lots of Golden Retriever hugs. It's yeah, yeah. It's got a little personal like flair to it. Where yeah, and my contact, my contact Barb is so great to work with. They were actually um, the first recipient of uh, a Kendra or second recipient of a Kendra Scott fundraiser out in Brookfield. So it was fun to um, do that with her. We went and we did a little photo shoot at the store for promotional material, and yeah, so it was just a good time. Shout out to Barb. Um, awesome, love that. Um, American Cancer Society. Yeah, so that one is one that I haven't been able to explore much with um, just because they have so much going on where, like I said, the time just really gets away from me, but it's such an honor to have them on the partner list um, and the opportunity to work with them. And so I'm hoping that this year they have their walk and I can um, give them some, you know, volunteers for their walk and some other other events. Um, that was kind of the big thing during COVID was like, yes, they need volunteers, but they don't have any volunteer opportunities. So I'm excited for things to start getting ramped up in person, like the walks, the galas, where people will need bodies, and I'll be able to help fill those spots. So the American Cancer Society is one that obviously is close to me as a cancer survivor. Um, we participated in, in a few walks growing up, but um, that one I'm excited for future partnerships with. Absolutely. Fantastic. Um, canine Cupids. Yeah, so they are a um, animal rescue here in Milwaukee and they rescue um, older dogs and more of like the bully breeds and they, um, you know, very similar to Golden Retriever Rescue. They work with them, they rehab them, they um, are all foster based programs. So a lot of foster parents are needed for that. Um, and they're just a great, like very local Milwaukee org. So they're greater Milwaukee area, but they were another one from PetFest that I had connected with. So all the animal ones on here, I knew in my previous life working for the dog food company. Love PetFest, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Great, yeah. I'm in a bunch of uh, like animal, like Facebook groups for like sort of my, um, uh, scrolling therapy just to like just to just to see pictures of you know ferrets and chinchillas and capybaras and shit I love it so wholesome yeah I know animals are just we don't deserve them courage mke the uh, lgbtq plus youth 
organization. Yes, I, um, this is one of the ones that I didn't know about until I started doing research and um, they are such an amazing organization. They're the first LGBTQ plus safe house in Milwaukee and they help youth that have been kicked out of their homes um, for coming out and they provide them with clothes, shelter, food, um, resources to help get them back on their feet and just to give them a safe place to be who they are. And we um, had a Kendra Scott event where we raised enough money to actually sponsor their gala last year. So that one was really special. And they just are such an important part of our community. And they've really taught me a lot too by following them on social media and just educating myself on how to be a better ally mm. for those in the community and like knowing where to look for laws and policies that are being passed and how to actively get involved with that. So they are a tremendous resource and a huge part of our city's heartbeat. Destination Dino Liam. Oh, yes, Destination Dino Liam. So that one is um, an organization that I'm excited to work with more again. Um, and uh, Stephanie, the founder of the organization, unfortunately her son Liam passed away of uh, childhood cancer. And so this foundation is run in his memory. And so they um, do, I don't want to compare it to Make-A-Wish because it's, it's not Make-A-Wish, but in terms of trying to relay what it is to people is that it's like Make-A-Wish, but everyone stays in Wisconsin or in the Midwest. So they do like, um, they provide families with gift cards to restaurants or shopping sprees or a weekend in the Dells or, um, you know, Six Flags when it's open or something. So um, they are, she's actually located right up in West Bend and they have a gala coming up on May 8th. So um, it's an in-person event. I'm excited to go and be in person and just like get into that mission more. Um, I try not to be biased. I try my absolute best to like treat each mission with from like an unbiased opinion, but childhood cancer um, organizations are always going to be the ones that I'm drawn to yeah. you know, more just from right. having my sister being a childhood cancer survivor, me being a childhood cancer survivor and just knowing, you know, I went through it, so I know it. So, um, and they always tell you, do what you know. So, uh, sure. you know, I'm always going to be drawn to those kinds. But they're they're a great organization. Wonderful, yeah, absolutely, um, awesome. So, we talked about Make a Wish already, um, but then there's the Young Wish Makers of Wisconsin. Yeah, so that is a young professionals group. Um, that is made up about 65 members right now um, from companies all over Milwaukee. And so our goal is to fundraise money um, for Make-A-Wish. And so it's a group of us, we get together about once a quarter, we have our own individual fundraisers, we network, we, um, you know, we're essentially nurturing the next um, generation of, you know, the Make-A-Wish board members. Um, if people wanna become Wish grantors, they can, you know, learn more about it through this organization. And it's really just to tap into um, a lot of sponsorships that can help us out in missions um, that we may not have had before until we had a contact in the door, um, you know, just kind of networking. Uh, there's been a few people that have gotten jobs through each other. Uh, and it's just really great to be around a group of people our age here in Milwaukee that are like-minded that wants to help other people. So that's, that's a fun one. I enjoy being part of that one. So it's not really, Young Wishmakers really isn't a nonprofit, but it's, you know, a sub. Subsidiary. Of yes, Make-A-Wish. Make yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, I got you. Um, rough Luck 
Rough Luck Dog Rescue. Um, I'm assuming yeah. it's a pet fest one. Yes, it is a pet fest one. Actually, um, my sorority sister, Emily Ryan, um, she connected me with that one. So it's another foster based uh, pet rescue and you know they do dogs of all kinds and she's actually been a foster parent of a puppies since I've known her and she actually just adopted another dog and she helped um, someone in our sorority adopt their dog so that's kind of how I found this one um, again another one that I'm excited to work with more a lot of these on the list I haven't you know unfortunately been able to help out just because of capacity and opportunity, but I'm excited that they're, they want to be part of the Roar Network and they're excited to work with us. So that's one of those that I can't wait to help out a little more. Awesome. Love that. Wonderful. Um, Ronald McDonald House. Yeah. So that was another one where they're a little bit bigger in our community. So they don't necessarily need too much of, excuse me, too much of our help. But um, once they start doing events again, they're going to need bodies for their gala. They're going to need bodies for their, you know, their 5K that they do. Um, and also, it's a great way to get people involved in longer term commitment volunteer opportunities. So that's one where they do require, I believe, it's six month commitment or even a year um, where it's, this, you know, same time, same day every you know week or two weeks. So that one um, is a little bit more commitment level. But it's a great way for people to kind of get involved with childhood cancer, childhood, um, you know, pediatric things. So great place in the community. Um, Teen Scroll Greens, we already talked about. And then Versity Blood Center of Wisconsin. Yeah, so that was a great partnership. We've had two blood drives with them already this year, and we're looking for more uh, venues to host drives. So if you're listening and you have a venue um, and you're interested in hosting a blood drive, uh, please reach out, but they have been a great partner to work with. It's been fun to do blood drives in conjunction with fundraisers. So our first um, blood drive we did at my gym up in Brown Deer, and we turned the gym into a blood donation area. We had raffle prizes. Um, we uh, Nothing Bunt Cakes donated like 100 cakes to donors, um, and we ended up raising over $500 for the Pinky Square Foundation which is a nonprofit that helps cover the bills of families whose children are- That was the next one in, in the line, yeah. Yeah, they, they're an amazing organization because people don't really realize like, yes, medical health insurance is bogus, it's expensive, but childhood cancer, I, I, I was talking to my mom about it. And thankfully back in the day when my sister and I were diagnosed, our insurance covered a lot of it, but nowadays it, it covers nothing. It, makes families go bankrupt homeless. Like it's, it's not, they only have to not deal with their kid having cancer or dying, but they then have to deal with losing their house. They're caught because they can't it's stay. Paras on top of it becomes parasitic. Yes. And so the Pinky Square Foundation helps pay for, you know, like a month of bills or hospital bills or groceries. So um, we did a fundraiser for that with the blood drive. And then in December of last year, we did another blood drive and we did a toy drive for a moment of magic which is a national nonprofit that has different chapters um, on different campuses throughout the country. And they um, provide special programming like dressing up as princesses or superheroes and they go into hospitals and visits. Um, so it, you know, everything kind of, I like to tie everything together in pretty little bows. And, you know, if you donate blood, you can help a kid with cancer. And if you donate a toy, you can help them right now. So I kind of like to do all that fun pairing when it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I love that. It's 
yeah, that's that's awesome. That's that's fantastic. A moment of magic. They serve um, 100% of the medical professionals that they have surveyed said that the visits from the A Moment of Magic Foundation <laughs> improved the life of children battling illnesses and. With Make-A-Wish, um, doctors and healthcare specialists said that it actually improves their quality of life. Yeah. So it might, you know, it might just be a Disney princess visiting for a day or, you know, going on vacation, but, you know, that, to a regular person, that's all it is. But to someone who's going through the unfathomable, it's it's life-changing. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with the way, like, you know, stress and things, like, can affect your immune system and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I imagine exactly. there, there is a physiological level of improvement there um, yeah i'm looking forward to the day we'll probably be like 90 when they can like tangibly make that connection like when there's a chemical they discover that's produced when a disney princess pops in your hospital room and you know fixes yeah. this problem i can't wait for that science to come out but i agree exactly. yeah yeah it it should already be you know if we had medicare for all maybe that would be a different story <laughs> but once again that's for a different day um, I'm just going to drink my tea. Right. Spill the tea. Mm-hmm. Arts at Large. Yeah, so they are a great organization. They um, connect. So I, how I got involved with them was, again, through my full-time job last year, and I helped them fill these art bags. They were called My Art Bags, and they had a themed art project in it, um, and they dropped them off at, like, food pantries, lower-income um, areas and so during the summer kids could still have like an art project and curriculum and so they help bring the arts back to children um, in lower income areas Um, you can also sign your kids up for art programs you don't you know you don't have to be struggling financially to benefit from the arts at large programs Um, but their goal is to just bring arts back into the lives of children and they're an outstanding organization they have done some pretty incredible things and um yeah. Again, the networking that, you know, the girl that I, um, her name is Kylie, the girl that I work with at Arts at Large, she's now a member of the Young Professionals Group for Make-A-Wish. So it's just so much fun to overlap all these missions and connect people in different nonprofits to other nonprofits and figure out how they can, you know, work together without competing missions. And it's, that's been a joy too. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. That's so important. You know, like so many people on this show have like where they like they grew up in mps and uh, it's not always a it's often an underfunded situation to be living in but mm-hmm. whether it was through the school or outside of it music was what allowed them to like find themselves yeah or the arts programs were allowed to help them find themselves you know and like maybe you know, stay out of trouble. Pets helping people. Yeah, I just got to work with them. So they were another one that I met through Pet Fest. Um, and Amy Dodge, she is the executive director. And so Pets Helping People trains people and their big hearted dogs to go out into the world and be therapy dogs. And so they visit places like the Sojourner Peace Center, um, the Domestic Violence Center, they go to nursing homes. Um, you know, they, any place, anybody that needs a therapy dog um, in a, you know, not personal therapy dog, but, you know, in group settings like that, they train people. So if you adopted a dog and it passed the little test that they have, you could go through their certification training and you could be a pets helping people 
volunteer and you could sign up for opportunities with your dog and take your dog um, into nursing homes or domestic violence centers or schools or reading programs and you and your dog could, you know, be read a book, you know, you could sit down and a third grader could read you a book. Um, or you could visit, you know, someone's grandma in the nursing home yeah. with your dog. So we actually just did a Kendra Scott fundraiser with them in February and um, Amy's great to work with. And the mission itself is just, it's another one of those that they're a nonprofit, but then they help other nonprofits through the work that they do. So they're, they're a great one. Love that. That's, that's awesome. That's beautiful. And, and dogs. I mean, dogs yeah, right. part, like, like their mission I, statement, not, it's not verbatim what I'm about to say, but it's like um, helping big hearted dogs something. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I remember, yeah, we had like therapy dogs, like at de-stress fest at UWM. Yeah. It was nice to just like, you know, pet a couple dogs, like just exactly. more stressed about school, you know, like sometimes that's just, it's very grounding, you know. Mm -hmm. um, be the match. I actually participated in in the bone marrow uh, donor program. Uh, There's a Jewish organization, Chabad, that uh, had a drive when I was in still at UWM. So I'm kind of familiar with be the match. Yeah, no, they're great. I uh, discovered them through my job at Schlitz Park, actually. Um, somebody who is a tenant of ours, their uh, worker was looking for a match. Unfortunately, he did not find one and he passed away um, this year. But uh, I've been able to work with Nicole, who is the organizer of their, um, like the Milwaukee area. And she's been great to work with and kind of learn more about bone marrow matches and transplant matches, um, especially someone who got medical new, you know, having a kidney transplant might be something I need to look at in the not so distant future. So you know, oh, full circle again, you know, yeah. coming yeah. back into reality and being able to help those. And Certainly. a lot of people don't know about Be The Match. And it's crazy that, you know, there are so many people out there that could save someone's life and they just don't know the organization exists. Yeah. And it, it, it can, it's a very spontaneous thing that you could do, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah and it's so easy from the donor perspective like like they make it so, so easy yeah. they even pay so if you were to match with someone who needed like a kidney transplant you live in wisconsin they live in la they be the match pays for all your expenses to go out there to get surgery and donate they cover um your pto they they cover everything they just want to save that person's life which i thought was incredibly cool yeah yeah that's awesome that's man like the way it should be. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, a moment of magic. Yeah, so that's the one I kind of just briefly talked about. Um, it was started by a uh, woman named Kylie. She is um, around my age now. I can remember how old she is right now. She's around my age. But anyway, seven years ago, she started this foundation where she dressed up as a princess and would visit kids in the hospital and it's grown from her doing that to uh, they have 30 chapters around the country um, and they train college students to become impactful volunteers and um, they just give college students the opportunity to go into their community and make an impact that they might normally not be able to make while also improving the lives of children and the families who are battling the unfathomable. That's the one I'm on the board now for. Yeah. So, uh, Congrats. That's Thank you. Better.
Uh, Hope MKE. Yeah, so they are a um, organization that helps with um, a lot of homelessness and a lot of like low income, uh, a lot of domestic abuse. They run out of West Dallas, and so they do huge food drives um, in the you know the normal time of year for food drives. So like the fall, they do some in the summer. Um, they have special programs that if you're experiencing domestic violence or addiction, they have programs that you can go through um, to get help. They were just doing a fundraiser, what month is it? April. So it was last year um, to raise money to build a fence for a family who has a, who has a child with special needs and who likes to like run away. And because of the medical costs and everything for their care, they couldn't pay for a fence. And so you know, the kid, the kid couldn't go outside to play. So they were doing a fundraiser to um, raise money to build a fence for this family in our community. So um, again, another amazing organization that does a, so many things that people wouldn't think of. Like I grew up, every house I've ever lived in had a fence already. It was nothing that we've ever thought about. And like just things like that that you don't think about that people need that make such a huge impact. Like now that the family has the fence, they can let their child play outside and not worry about their safety 100% of the time. And that kid can be a normal kid now, or, you know, to the best that they can be. Yeah, acknowledging the nuances, definitely. Well, we only got two more. Uh, Feeding America, Eastern Wisconsin. Yeah, so I feel like that one is one that a lot of people are really familiar with. They um, are um, they do a lot of food drives. They're like a food bank. And it was actually really interesting to talk to, um, oh, no, I can't remember her name. I got, that's another one that I need to re reach out to again and kind of reestablish our connection. Um, but it's very interesting to learn that food banks, they don't actually want, like, yes, they want your canned goods and everything and like, um, stuff, but it's a lot more beneficial if you actually donate money because your dollar goes like 10 times farther than um, it normally would because they buy food from a wholesaler at cost. So like your one can of green beans that cost you, you know, $1.69 or whatever it is at pick and save, they could have gotten like 10 cans of green beans for that same kind of like trade-off. So it's very interesting to learn that like, yes, collecting canned goods and like doing food drives is important, but if you really want to help people who are, um, who have food insecurities like your dollar, does actually go farther because they get it at cost, which I had, I didn't know that was a thing because they get it on like truckloads from people. So that was really interesting to learn. I was like, oh, so all the years that we spent doing canned food drives in elementary school, we really just should have been collecting money. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, sure, it's great that people eat that, like the, the canned goods, but this is a lot more like long-term mm -hmm. uh, value. Yeah, for sure. Good food for thought, no pun intended. <laughs> um, and then finally, last but not least, Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Yeah, so that one's very popular. Um, they match young people with mentors. Um, you know, it's, it's another one of those programs that you do have to commit to, um, to be a stable leader in that person's life, a stable role model, and you kind of just help them have fun. You help them with like um, school, you help them um, discover who they are as a person. You know, uh, a lot of the children are from a lower income area of Milwaukee, or they face a lot of adversities and oppression that we don't know about. And so 
Um, because of that, they might not have a certain parental figure in their life, or they bounce around a lot, or um, they're put in a different type of um, like a, like guardianship type situation. So they don't have that constant, you know, stable role model. And so Big Brothers, Big Sisters kind of gives them that with someone who that they can go to with problems that they couldn't, you know, necessarily go to grandma with, or, you know, yeah. someone to take them bowling or stuff like that. So they're someone on, on the outside. Exactly. Exactly. That's great. And they do such amazing work. I was actually able to work with um, Mariah, Giannis's girlfriend, um, this winter, and we did a uh, toy drive for Big Brothers Big Sisters. So that was really special to be a part of. She runs a little blog, not little, um, but a blog called Sincerely Mariah. And so she did kind of like a public call to action. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm Lauren. I own this. And or I run this and I would love to be able to do that. So she set us up with a family. Um, they gave us a wish list. And so then we put it out to the public. People donated money. I went out and bought, you know, the stuff on the wish list and we wrapped it all and donated it to Big Brother Big Sister. So it was, it was really cool to work with um, Mariah, who, you know, is not that her being Giannis's girlfriend is why I wanted to work with her, but it, it, it was cool to be that like degree of separation from, from Giannis. But. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get that. I do get that. It's um, like Mariah herself is an amazing woman and like incredibly beautifully hearted. But again, like it was like, uh, I love Milwaukee, you know, it's right. like, it, goes back, it goes back to the whole, like, wow, you know, like these people that, you know, seem larger than life, like sometimes, like, you know, they're just, yeah, the community, they're just another person, you know? And that's why I love Jan, like, he cares about our community so much that, like, it's in, it's in his family values, like, that's how he's running, you know, yeah. that's how they're running their household, and I, I love that. Yeah, right on, yeah, big shots from Mariah and Giannis. Um, so, that's, yeah, so those are all your community partners with Roar Philanthropy, um, all spectacular causes that you know some some like some overlap like namely the ones with like cancer and also the ones with like the pets and stuff but like all of it is like just saving people's saving people or saving animals or it's you know it's like there's merit to every single one and you're covering so much ground doing that and that's like amazing um i'm yeah. I'm stoked for you. Like, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And it, uh, you know, Roar wouldn't, Roar would not, you know, like, yes, I created it. Yes, I run it. Yes, I, I do all the things, taxes and stuff. But like, Roar would not exist without our community like you, without people being intrigued, without people wanting to make a difference. Like, we just, we wouldn't be here without that. Like, it would just be me doing everything I was doing before, just publicly. So without, supportive I, I call them our roar community um without them like we wouldn't we wouldn't be making an impact like um last year we did over ten thousand dollars in fundraising and like i don't have ten thousand dollars to just give so it was because of you people like you who just care and have a heart and a conscience and want to help like that's why roar exists and that's why we have are able to have so many community partners on that list is because you know, some missions overlap, but they're all so different and they serve such a different community that there's someone in Milwaukee for literally each nonprofit tenfold. Yeah. Right. Right. Like 
yeah, even if you have several to choose from, like everyone is helping someone. And mm-hmm. yeah, and, and I'm happy to like provide a platform to uplift the voice. So yeah, I appreciate it so much. So thank you. What I hope to do. Um, that being said, I actually didn't ask you before. I should have asked you earlier. Um, so roar philanthropy. So it's like kind of like a lion like that's yeah. mascot. So where did that come from? Oh my gosh. I've been asked this so many times. And honestly, where all of this started, it's kind of such a blur. Um, I still have the original. I had no clue. My desk is so much more professional now than it was before, but Roar, I have the original plans. They're on pieces of scrap construction paper that I had. And I was like, I wrote down like impact, mighty, like I don't even know how Roar came into my head, but I was like, lions are cool. I like lions. Lions are loud. Lions are, you know, a symbol of strength. Um, and then the more I, the, I was fixated on this lion, I was like, they travel in prides. Like they depend on each other. They, you know, the instead of physical roar, hearing, whatever it is, um, can be heard up to five miles away. And I think that's insane that you can hear a lot, like a roar up to five miles away. And I'm like, I want our mission, our impact to have that much volume and that much strength that people, you know, that's roar. That's a roar volunteer over there. They're going above and beyond, you know, that's a roar fundraiser over there. It's done so well. Nice job, Lauren. But you know, like stuff like that, where it's like, I, and then, you know, um, Maddie Hine, who also went to UWM, she was in Gamma Phi. Shout out to Maddie. She created my incredible logo like she helped me figure out my branding my goals kind of in life and in business um and so people always ask me and I'm like was it a shower thought was it one that I had before bed I don't really remember like the moment but I remember all right I need to write it down I need this construction paper all right cool a lion so and everything is cool with a lion on it you know like that was uh, our coat of arms with Alpha, with a pie. Um, yeah, lines are massive in, yeah. in, in in scale. You know, like in, yeah, they're fierce in, and ferocious, and right. you know, they you don't grand. mess with them. <laughs> yeah, and roar is is appropriate because like it's also like you know with when when like a lion or a beast like roars, you feel the impact with like mm-hmm. really like strong volume like like it's just so amplified you know like you just get so like ensnared by it yeah it and, makes you stop in your tracks it makes it makes right. you stop and you know yeah. so yeah so i'm glad it, i'm glad That's it comes exact, across that way i'm yeah. glad it comes across because it's it all kind of fell together so beautifully when it was all just ideas in my head and i'm like oh a lion they roar oh that's kind of a fun name like yeah philanthropy that's what I'm going to do. So it all just really came together well. A lot of people think ROAR stands for something like the, you know, I have like an acronym and I'm like, no, it's just like ROAR. Like, I don't know. It's just right. it It's just like, like, hey, like we're trying to make a really like positive and really grand impact on the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, a ROAR, you know, I, I feel demonstrates that uh, positively. So yeah, and I kind of like um, how you said, like, make a grand impact. And also, it helped me find my voice 
it helped me find the strength to stand up for what's right in this world. It helped me find the confidence to educate myself. It helped me be vulnerable and to sit back and come to terms with like my own flaws and um, understanding how I can be a better person. And going back to like finding my voice, like I hope Roar helps other people find their mighty roar. Like it, help, it helped me. And I, that's kind of what I want it to do is not only help those in the community, but also make the people who are making it happen better people. Like I hope people feel that they're a better person after working with us and volunteering through what we set them up with. Oh yeah, right on. So that being said, um, my kind of last question, actually I have two more, but first is, uh, so if folks want to get involved, what's the process like? Yeah, so um, you can shoot me an email. It's super simple. It's my first name, Lauren at roarphilanthropy.org, not .com, .org. Um, or you can go to the website, roarphilanthropy.org, and there's tons of buttons on there where if you click one, it'll, all of them go to my email address. So um, send me an email with what you're interested in, what you want to do, just to say hi. Um, you can message me on Instagram, but I'm terrible at responding. Like, it's, again, I hate social media. I go on there, I do my posts that I'm obligated to do to show up in the world, and then I go away. So um, best way to get a hold of me is by email and through the website. But of course, follow us on Instagram because that's where we post a lot of our news. Right on, cool. Um, and uh, you have like community advocates too, I've noticed. Yeah, so that's kind of a fun word that I made up um, or phrase. And so I'm hoping to expand our volunteer match program into like companies and corporations and help them find missions that their employees care about. And so the community advocate, I want to take it beyond the sponsorship dollar. Um, I really want companies to not just be like, yep, we do good because we give you $2,000 every year and that's it. Like, yes, please, please keep giving this organization $2,000 because they can do a lot with it. But I really want companies to be advocates for the missions that they support and like really instill that into their work culture, um, the way that they train people, the way that they treat their people, and kind of um, just really make sure that they're advocating for the missions that they serve. Because I feel like a lot of times, especially corporate capitalism, it's all, um, you know, not just for show because people do do it because they have good intentions, but a lot of the times, um, you know, they give their check and that's it. So I really want to take, um, you know, sponsorship up a notch yeah. in Milwaukee. Sure. Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Yeah, I guess like what are some of your um, continued goals with war uh, in the months to come and the re remainder of 2021? Yeah, so um, now that I accepted the board of directors position, Roar is going to look a little different, um, which I'm very excited for because eventually I want Roar to be a registered 501c3. And to do that, you do need a board of directors. So I'm really excited to just like um, buckle in and hunker down in this new role and really learn what a successful nonprofit looks like. Um, so I can take that back to Roar and figure out what I need to do from an executive level. Um, hoping to match volunteers, of course, really starting to ramp up that program to the capacity I can operate without going insane. Um, and then, of course, just creating more awareness. Um, a big thing that I want to focus on is like also education and not just being like, look at this organization, but really doing my own research and figuring out how to storytell 
in a way that gets people excited. So instead of like copying and pasting their about bio, you know, just figuring out a different way to storytell to intrigue yeah. people in a different way. So um, big things, but you know, we're the type of people that have to constantly be doing something. So, you know, yeah. it wouldn't be my life if it wasn't super busy. Right, yeah, yeah. same. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just um, looking for new ways to, you know, so spotlight with personability and remain interactive. Yeah, so. consistent is a hard word for me. Um, my word for 2020 was relentless. Um, I was able to work with DJ Shauna from the books um, on a fun on a Big fundraiser. Shout out, to, shout out to DJ Shauna. Uh, she's amazing. Shauna is like one of my, she has grown to be one of my biggest role models in life. And so she uses the word relentless a lot. And so that was my 2021 word. Well, now we're in 2021. So that's my 2021 word is just be relentless, go after it, you know, be unapologetic and be relentless in the pursuit of things that set my soul on fire. Next year, my word is going to be consistency. That's a, big, oh, yeah. that's a big one for me where it's, um, I'm the type of person where I get really, really excited. I have big ideas oh, and then I'm like, oh, I'll just wait. And then it, you know, it's this role. So I really, especially from an executive standpoint, I really need to focus on, okay, I need, I'm the one keeping this running. So, and I want this to be a long, you know, I want Roar, I want to be able to eventually hire someone to take it over for me when I'm 80. So yeah. I can retire. So I have to figure out how to how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, you're still, you know, you're still a young entrepreneur that's, you know, navigating everything that it takes to run a fully fledged out business. And one, and you know, as we talked about earlier, like you're doing this all yourself and you still also have a job and you want to be able to pay your intern and you you in order to like grow your 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 team your uh um your own board of directors into something that's you know equitable the versatility you've demonstrated so far in less than a year well, with like you. who yeah. you're reaching out to none of it like diverts attention from the other I, I think that you're uh, in great hands just in the, in the short run you've had so far. So thank you. Um, I think it be... comes across that way. Like I, it really, like when I say that, I don't have any more words to say. I'm like, they, like you have no idea how much that means because I'm in my brain and it's all just like, ah, like, so I'm glad it comes across that way. And I'm glad I can present it that way and that you're getting something out of it. Cause if you're getting something out of it, that means other people are too. So I'm glad that it's coming excuse me, coming across that way and then it's presenting itself as a growing unit because in my head I'm like stagnant sometimes and I'm, I'm not doing enough. So thank you for those kind words because they really, they really do mean a lot. So thank you. Of course. Absolutely, Lauren. Um, so as we're uh, winding down on time here, as uh, we've gone for a long time here. Yeah, it was uh, great though. Yeah, it was. No, I'm, I'm actually really stoked that we uh walked through like each of your partners we talked about each like facet of roar and and like its community and whatnot like the advocates like i'm glad we touched got to touch on everything so yeah, it's whenever people ask me like tell me about roar i'm like how much time do you have because yeah, it's, like, not, what, uh, <laughs> right, yeah, it's not linear it's not a 
started yeah. here and now we're here story it's it's a crazy one yeah yeah but those are good things those are good problems to have you know right. i'm <laughs> um, not i mean some days i complain but you know for the most part it's all it's all good very blessed and the universe well, has given me a lot so i complain sometimes too but i'm ultimately grateful for my own platform and whatnot, you know, like it's does more for you than you ever imagine. Um, those are closing out. Uh, I ask everyone the same two questions. Uh, Lauren, first is what keeps you up at night? Besides my crippling anxiety, um, all the pro. So the th so the bittersweet. I won't go into too much of a tangent with this one, but the bittersweet thing about Roar is that. Yes, I get to help people, but I absolutely hate that there are problems that have to be solved with these nonprofits. Like the reason why nonprofits exist is because people need help. And so I think that's the thing, um, especially being really close with some of the missions that I have to step away from because it gets so heavy and sad that that's what keeps me up at night. So I wish we didn't need nonprofits. I wish, you know, I wish the only nonprofits we needed were nonprofits like Summerfest because they're a music festival and right. you know you feel compelled to chase after like every single mission and right. but you're also only human and you're still an individual and individuals were not ever meant to take on that much. So I get that. Um the second question though on a lighter note is uh what puts you to sleep? Oh man, uh Schitt's Creek. I, uh, you know, I, I, I still have to watch now. that. It's so I have seen. So the, um, I recently just found a new, um, mental health care provider. And the reason that I started seeing a new provider and realized that I, I do need medication is that I saw this, um, TikTok and it was talking about how people with severe anxiety and depression rewatch the same show over and over again. And I thought about how many times I've rewatched Shit's Creek, and I think it's upwards to maybe 30 times. Oh, wow. Because when it ends, I just restarted. It plays in the background. It's what I fall asleep to. It's what I watch when I'm feeling sad. I, I could play every role, and I wouldn't do a good job, but I could quote every role. And that's when I realized, like, oh, okay, maybe I, I do need a little more uh, help than I thought I did. So um, literally Shit's Creek, because it's what's playing on the background, but, um, you know, I think the thought of just knowing that I'm doing the best I can and at the end of the day, it's, you know, I'm loved and I have a house and I yeah. have a cute little cat that loves me and that's, and yeah. I'm helping people, I guess, you know, to contradict the thing I just said, like I am helping people at the end of the day and no matter how big or small. And so that's what I try to remember to help. Yeah. It's important to like stay humble, but also recognize, give yourself credit where it is too, you know, and shout out to Strawberry Jam. Yeah, I wish, I wish she liked being picked up. I'd go find her, but she's kind of content over on her little, I mean, yeah. she's, do you see her? There she is. Oh yeah. Hi. There she is. <laughs> I love yeah, that. She'd run away if I got up to try to grab her, but yeah, so. Yeah. She says, thank you for having us. This was, this was okay. a lot of fun to talk to you. And I'm so glad that we finally were able to just have a conversation. Yeah. Great. And it went such a long way, you know. Uh, we should have been friends, you know? I know. <laughs> I know. I just, 
I really don't even think our paths like they cross, but they never cross like a lot. So I'm kind of bummed out about it now. But now we can now we can cross paths all the time. Right on. Exactly. Like I love uh I love when that happens here. So yeah, yeah thank and you I do so much. I have to say um thank you for all you do and all the things you post and how in you know the beat on the street and for sharing it and for always being on because I know how exhausting that can be. And so thank you for just being a great voice in our community, especially for those who need it the most. So um, don't forget to give yourself a pat on the back before you go to bed at night because you also deserve it. Thank you, Lauren. I, yeah. I do very much appreciate that. And you know, anything I can do to help people that aren't with the beat on the street uh get with the program you know <laughs> well you're doing a superb job at it so <laughs> thanks thanks well i think that you know it's like helping the community it, it and fighting a good fight i mean those are things that like manifest in many different ways depending on the person everyone has their own way to contribute to the, the welfare of society and um and, you know, I love exploring that and I love hearing about how different people are doing that. And I think that um, the how much you've taken on in a short amount of time is uh, awesome. And so, um, yeah, I'm glad you could be part of this program. And uh, for everyone watching, I'll be tagging the link to Roar Philanthropy, their website, so you can get involved, check out uh, who you can volunteer with, um, a lot of community partners community advocates, um, and they're expanding. Um, stay tuned for continued uh, advocacy in 2021. Um, thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. <coughs> Excuse me. As always, <laughs> we'll see you next time.